Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Women Arsecast on Arsblog.com. And this episode, well, I'm excited about all of the episodes, but I'm really excited about this one. Um, ahead of women's football this weekend in the WSL, which um, I'll talk a little bit more about what that is in a minute. Um, we've managed to arrange to speak to some some big important people from Sky Sports um, for a special podcast ahead of this weekend. Now, uh, those of you, probably even those of you outside the UK will be aware of this. Those of you inside the UK will certainly be aware that Sky Sports overtook the rights, the, the broadcast rights deal for the Women's Super League this season. So BT Sport had had it for, I think, about 10 years uh, prior to this in partnership with the BBC. Sky are maintaining that partnership with the BBC because the FA obviously wants a certain amount of free-to-air coverage um, for the WSL just to continue to raise its profile but Sky Sports have come on board as the kind of main rights holder in the UK and that's a really interesting deal for a number of reasons but not least because for the first time it actually means that the WSL rights were, were worth something financially. What had happened previously was that they were kind of given away for free and the broadcasters used to cover the costs themselves of covering this time Sky Sports have actually put money on the table, um, not just in terms of bidding for the rights, but in terms of the kind of the overall production values and, and everything they've invested behind the scenes. And this is one of the things that's really exciting about the Sky Sports deal because, you know, they've got magazine shows like Inside the WSL and uh, Monday Night Highlights and proper tactical analysis of the games, which I really don't think we've had enough of in women's football to this point. Um, and of course, uh, continuing to tell um, a lot of the stories around the players and the teams, which I think we have been good at um, in the media, but perhaps there's been less on the actual product, the football. And that's one of the things I think Sky Sports uh, kind of promises to bring to the table. So what we've got lined up for you today is a two-parter um, in partnership with Sky Sports. And I just want to say I'm really, really grateful to Alexandra Horton for all of her work in pulling this together this um, this has been quite a feat because obviously we asked to talk to some very busy people um, the first half of the show I'm going to speak to Gary Hughes now Gary is the director of football at Sky Sports so um, that's that's quite a big important job isn't it <laughs> and um, I have a chat with Gary just about a little bit about the concept um, why Sky became involved with the WSL, what they really want to kind of do with the coverage, how they want to drive it, uh, some of the people that they've chosen to employ um, and some of the investments they've made in the overall coverage um, and, and also kind of what goes into a bid, uh, bidding rights process. So I speak to Gary about that in the first half 
And then in the second half of the show, uh, Alex Sebaceta will talk to Caroline Barker. Now, Caroline is the main presenter for Sky's WSL coverage, so she presents a lot of the match day shows um, as well as some of the magazine shows as well. And she's going to be, uh, Alex is going to be talking to her and Nia Wynn Thomas as well. Nia is um, the producer for all of Sky Sports WSL uh, kind of uh, coverage so and all of their shows. So really, Alex is going to have a chat with Nia and Caroline on the content side and I guess the presentation of the overall package. So I won't speak for that much longer. Um, I'll leave you with my chat with Gary. Um, obviously, we've put this out ahead of Women's Football Weekend this coming weekend in the WSL. Now, just to explain this to people who don't know, this is an initiative a little bit similar to the non-league weekends, which you see. And it's basically every time there is an international break in the men's football calendar, the women's football calendar kind of goes all out. So you get some really big ticket fixtures often played in the bigger stadium. So this coming weekend, Arsenal will kick off women's football weekend away at Spurs on Saturday at 1.30. But you've also got the Midlands derby between Birmingham and Aston Villa. Manchester City play Chelsea on Sunday afternoon, obviously a huge game. Everton play Manchester United. So you get these kind of slightly bigger ticket fixtures. Um, and we've put this podcast out ahead of that uh, intentionally. Um, and, you know, we'd encourage anyone who particularly who might only have a passing interest in women's football that game on Saturday between Spurs and Arsenal that's being played at the Hive Barnet's ground um, and that kicks off at 1.30 on Saturday and it'll also be shown on BBC Two in the UK so do get along to that or watch it if you can some really really big fixtures this weekend but for now I'll leave you with my chat with Gary Hughes Director of Football at Sky Sports <laughs> Okay, joining me now on the show is Director of Football at Sky Sports, Gary Hughes. Gary, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Hi, Tim. Pleasure. How are you? All right? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. So we're going to talk about, obviously, Sky Sports getting the rights for the WSL, for the Women's Super League um, in the UK. And my first question really is, why did Sky decide to go both? go so big for the WSL what was it from a marketability perspective that Sky saw that made them want to kind of get involved in this I think that Sky Sports over the years has always been interested in in the best possible rights and I think obviously timing there are right cycles and, and the rights were up and uh, we were able to, to bid I think Sky Sports is synonymous with football Sky Sports is also synonymous with women's sport we've got a a really impressive and large women's portfolio. And if you, if you marry the two together, it's a perfect match, you know, um, women's football live on Sky Sports. I think the timing was obviously right. Um, I think the league has been growing. I think the league was in a good place. I think it's a, it's a good place for us to, to inherit the rights. Um, and we've placed it alongside um, our premium sports rights and certainly our premium football rights. And it's, it's just a, it's a fantastic addition to our... Um, very impressive rights portfolio both in football and across all the sports and obviously that's like kind of um, I guess from Sky's perspective and from the perspective of the Women's Super League but I'm also interested in the audience as well because I'm pretty sure Sky don't just um, throw sacks of cash down without kind of doing a bit of market research and I'm curious as to whether uh, whether you can answer this really but 
Um, what kind of market research Sky might have done um, before kind of deciding to to go into this and, and what showed up in terms of the audience and I guess the potential growth of that audience? So <laughs> I'm sure you'll agree that I'm not going to go into all that uh, all that detail per se. But what I, what I will say is that uh, when there's ever uh, a rights um, tender, we will we have a we have a team that uh, works specifically on that, whether that's Premier League, whether that's cricket rights, F1 rights, and we, we we do all the all the due diligence on those rights in terms of what the um, what the possibilities are for us, what the opportunity for growth is um, around audience, around marketing. So we'd we'd have done absolutely our due diligence on that. I think. Women's football is a growing sport. I think, it, as I said, it's, it's a fantastic addition to our portfolio. And I think what, what the challenge is for us is that um, visibility of, of the women's game is huge. Obviously, we're, we're in partnership with the BBC. We are the, the major rights holder. We've got um, a maximum of 44 games. We're actually doing 35 this season. We're committed to at least 35, and the BBC are doing 22. So I think, you know, together with the BBC, which is obviously giving it visibility as well, um, and working with the FA, I think we're having constant conversations with the FA now uh, over the next two and a half, three years for the length of the deal as to how we can actually sort of better position the women's game, continue to grow the women's game. I think it's a very much a learning curve with audiences, with time slots, what is the best kickoff time, what is the opportunity for fans to get to games, what, what is also the opportunity for our audience, our customers, football fans, families to watch women's football live on Sky Sports. So I think, you know, we are we are constantly in, in, in dialogue um, with the FA about that. And I think it's very much a, a learning curve for us. But it was something that, as I said, we've, we've got a huge portfolio of, of, of rights and women's rights, you know, women's cricket. We had 25 years of women's golf recently. We've got the netball. Um, so I think I think it really adds to that, and, and every right we have, we, um, we 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 treat with importance, and we, we'll always look to, to grow and market, and and basically be be good partners, and and, and work with the FA, who are, you know, we're, we're in partnership with them on an international basis for some England matches, but for but from a league perspective, I think there's 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 a lot of things that we can do better together to to better uh, promote, better grow the WSL. Yeah, and you um, you preempted a question I was going to come to a bit later, actually, about the partnership with the BBC, um, who obviously maintain uh, a similar level of rights that they had in the partnership, I guess, with BT. Um, is, is that just about um, at this stage of the WSL's growth, it being important for um, there still to be a certain amount of games on free to air TV? Is is that the kind of the main thrust of the partnership? I think it was the way that the, the the FA decided to again, without going into too much detail, to 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 tender their rights, and I think they perhaps they wanted a a free to air partner to to give visibility. I think what what Sky can bring is, and we, we use this quite a lot, and I'll explain what it means. The Sky Sports treatment. We we brought the Sky Sports treatment to to the WSL, and, and what I mean by that is is not just how we cover the matches, which I'll come to in a second, but providing a daily narrative for the, for, for the WSL, providing marketing, providing visibility. Uh, we've got Sky Sports News that is constantly telling women's football stories. We've got our digital platforms, got our social platforms. So we can maintain a daily narrative around women's football. I think the, the week leading up to the season, 
it was brilliant. I think that the, the we, I think we went around all all twelve clubs uh, the day before the season started, the day of the season starting. Sky Sports News were all over um, the promotion of the women's game, um, and I think that alongside uh, best in class production. And I think if you've seen, and hopefully Arsenal fans listening to this have seen seen our coverage. We we were at the Emirates for the first game against Chelsea, which was a really really good game and a good win for Arsenal. Um, and we've we've had a studio that is the same studio as our Premier League. So we 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 changed the colours because obviously we have different colours for different different um, football strands, uh, but we use the same desk, we use touchscreen, we use the same imagery, um, and we've also done you know Sky Sports treatment. We've we've treated the WSL alongside our Premier League. We made a very punchy statement that we we would do that, and we've delivered that. We've got you know we went around all twelve clubs and did what we call hero photography. We shoot the players from head to toe as, as we do in the Premier League. So so I think. You know, there's 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 obviously benefits to to, to rights being um, on terrestrial TV in terms of a partnership, but in terms of what Sky Sports can do, we very much concentrate on us and we concentrate on delivering the best possible product. And via sort of our Sky Sports treatment, that's what that's what we are we are doing, and we'll continue to do, and we'll continue to learn as to how we can make the WSL even bigger and better. Yeah, and that's um, that's something we'll talk about in the second part of the show um, about the kind of the content and the Sky Sports treatment. And I think someone who's covered women's football for a long time, two things we're quite good at is telling stories around players, which is great. Um, and also we're good at creating one-off events, but keeping that narrative thread and keeping people engaged week to week. Um, yeah. But also that that like tactical analysis, I think is really important. It's something we haven't done enough of um, in the women's game so far. Um, I have to pick up on that. I think we, yeah, we sure. had Steph, Steph, Steph Horton on the um, uh, Monday Night Football. She did the Manchester City game last season. It was after we'd announced the rights to the WSL. And she was massively excited about Sky Sports having um, the WSL and the very fact that we would, knowing what we would do, and that is to to analyse the game, to critique the players. And that's what they've never had before. And she said it would be really interesting to do. And we did a Monday night football. We didn't have a game off the back of it, but Kelly Smith joined Karen Carney. I think you've got Karen joining you on one of your episodes. And I think Karen's, Karen's the best female pundit in the game. Um, I firmly believe that. I think a technical, tactical analysis and reading of, 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 all, of all football, especially the WSL, is, is, is brilliant. Uh, and she, she can bring that level of analysis to our game. And it was something that we we talked about that we wanted to do and that um, the women's game, like any sport, is there to be analysed. And that's that's positives and, and from, a, from a critique point of view as well. So um, that's what we've tried to bring into our, our level of coverage and, 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 and really sort of take the coverage up to, to a different level on Sky Sports. I think we're, we're achieving that and we'll only get better. Yeah, sure. And um, uh, kind of, I guess, moving on subject wise, I wonder if um, without obviously giving away details or anything like that, very broad headline, you could talk through what goes into getting a TV rights deal for something like um, the WSL. Like what does the beginning and the end to that process look like? And when did Sky really start talking about kind of, you know, the WSL rights are, are coming up? Let's go for it. Again, I'm, I, forgive me for being being a bit boring here, but I'm going to give you a sort of a basic answer and not give all the way the yep. trade secrets. But I think this uh, right cycles are such that we always know when rights are uh, up for tender, or we have an idea when when the governing body is going to tender those rights or an agency. We've got a marketing team, we've got a strategic team, and they're constantly across those. 
So what would happen um, is that the you know that, that that team would make it make us aware that these rights were coming up. We you know the FA would tender the rights. We'd have a conversation with them. It would be then a negotiation. We'd look at what they're offering, um, whether that's tailored and whether that suits us. We then look at the finances, the, the strategic side of it, where it fits in with our narrative. Obviously, women's football was a was a major part. It was probably the the, the, it's the biggest and the, and the one major sport missing from our, our, our women's um, rights portfolio. And then it would be a conversation. It's an ongoing conversation of negotiation around what the, the say, for example, in this, in this rights tender, what the FA were looking for from their, from their, from their rights partners. And then ultimately working out what the right number was that we were comfortable with and, and, and what the FA were comfortable with and then what we could deliver. And then, you know, that, that, that's how a, you know, a right cycle of any any sport would would work. And um, it, when it comes to you know, you've got the obviously you've got the rights, and then assembling the team that's going to cover it. And you yeah. know, you've got a lot of people that people um, would recognise from women's football. People like Jackie Oatley, people like Karen yeah. Carney, Sue Smith, who've yeah. just been on the circuit for years. Um, what again? What kind of when you're coming to assemble that team? Was that level of um, familiarity and authority really what you were looking for? And will that change over time? Because obviously now with someone like Sky in game, yeah. um, some of these players coming to the end of their careers at the moment, maybe someone like Anita Asante, who's been on this podcast as well, you know, having a media career is actually becoming quite viable. And I'm wondering what that journey looks like um, from your perspective at the moment. So it was... <clears throat> It was probably one of the worst kept secrets in the industry that the, the rights were going to go to, to us and the BBC in terms of women's football. But until they were actually announced, we couldn't actually approach anybody. So it was actually quite frustrating. And there was quite a long delay. I think I remember probably around this time last year and certainly before Christmas, we were looking to announce. And then that announcement got pushed back and pushed back, which obviously um, gave us a little bit more time to, to, to think about who we wanted to, to get involved. But... Uh, made it more difficult in terms of having to make those approaches after um, after the rights were announced. But what we always set out to do is um, have the best in class, and I think we've we've achieved that. I think in Caroline Barker, we've got a really experienced, established presenter who's presented and been a journalist for many years and has got a great passion for the women's game, and arguably knows more than probably any journalist presenter in in in, in the in, in the industry. And, and, and as we've talked about with Karen, I think Karen, Karen came out of the game a couple of years ago. She had a TV career and she was, she wanted to come to us when we, when I spoke to her, she was, it was immediately that she, something she wanted to do and saw a great opportunity of in effect being like our, the Gary Neville of women's football, um, being, being on or, or Jamie Carragher of women's football, being on Monday night football, doing the tactical analysis. You know, that was a, it wasn't a sell as such, but it was something that we, we had ambition to do. And she was very excited to do that. And then, and then Jackie, who's, you know, we all know is, is a, an excellent commentator and again, well-known in the business. So we always want the best in class. And what we've tried to do is get what Lindsay Hooper is reporting again, an, an experienced, very knowledgeable reporter, but always looking for the best in class people, but also looking for like we had on Monday night football, Two days ago, we had Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the studio and we want current players. We want current managers. We want, we want to engage with, with, with the game. We want to engage with the players and the managers. We want them to look at Sky going, you know, we, we, we want to be on your programmes. And yeah, of course, we want to provide 
there's nothing better than having an insight from someone who's in the game and 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 part of the league knows what it's like to play against these these teams and 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 and, and how the game's progressed and as I said, Karen's obviously new out of the game. Oh, sorry, but well, yeah, a couple of years out of the game, and, and she's still very well connected and close to a lot of people. But there's nothing better than people who are who are in the game at the moment, playing the game, managing clubs. Um, and yeah, as as our right cycle goes on, and and hopefully, who knows when the when the right well, there's a there's a three year deal, and um, you know whether we go beyond that, it'll be great if we do, and then we can we can look at the next the next generation of pundits. I always. I always say, and certainly with the, and we're always looking at how we can, um, how we can get the best people who've, I always say, been there, done it, won it, and uh-huh. been in big matches, big dressing rooms at big times and can, rela- can relate those experiences to our customers and bring those insights to our coverage. So we're constantly looking and and any any players who, who, who you know, are coming to the end of their careers or want a, um a career in, in, in media, then, you know, our, our team's very good at having a lot of contacts and speaking to these people and they are quite forthcoming in terms of, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go. And yeah. And, you know, say to anyone who's listening to this if, if, in the game and they want to, they, they want to come on and join us, then, then give us a shout. Yeah, we do have Arsenal players that listen to the podcast. I can tell you that for sure. Excellent. Um, <laughs> my, my final question, Gary, and again, I'm going to ask this in broad um, terms because I don't expect you to go through figures or anything like that. Yeah. Um, when we talk about investing in women's sports, it's often, you know, we talk about it as a growth area and maybe some something that doesn't have an immediate kind of ROI, return on investment. Yeah. And um, one, one of the kind of products that people often talk about in this space is like Diet Coke. Like when yeah. Coke bought out Diet Coke, everyone said, what the hell are you doing? Like we have Coke, we don't need Diet Coke. But now because of kind of quite a lot of years of investment and marketing, it's, it's one of their big sellers. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering um, whether... Sky are in a similar space here in terms of, you know, are you looking at or expecting like an immediate ROI or is this more of a, more of a long game um, in, in Sky's eyes? It's a good question. I think, listen, we, we, we are always looking for, we're a business and ultimately business, business needs profit, business needs an ROI. Um, I think what we've got to do, as I said, in I think my first answer, I think we've got to work, with the governing body, with the clubs, about how we can best grow the game. Um, I think we've got, you know, you use a Diet Coke analogy there. We, we have got Premier League, EFL, SPFL, international rights. We've got a WSL rights going in there. You know, we've got Cherry Coke, we've got Diet Coke, we've got Full Fat <laughs> Coke, we've got every sort of Coke. Um, and now and, and now we've added, now, now we've added uh, the can of, of WSL to our, to our list. Um and I think what we've got to do, we've got to, you know, talk about growth there as well. You know, we, we, and I think it's massively important. I think, it, and I think it's, it's how we can work with the clubs and then Arsenal are great at sort of seeing the opportunity to, to, for access and for us to sort of, you know, tell their stories and, 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 and make these, you know, these, these fantastic footballers, you know, better known to our customers. We, 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 want, we want fans of Arsenal. We want fans who are watching Mikel Arteta's team to be watching the women's team. And that's what we've tried to do. We, 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 we across all our clubs, and as I said, if there's 10 Premier League clubs who can use their players to help promote the women's game and to get that across, you know, that, that, that is a big thing. You know, um, 
Pierre Emerick Aubameyang did a did a promo. Watch Arsenal men and Arsenal women on on Sky Sports this weekend. We've got Arsenal Watford at two o'clock on Super Sunday, and we've got Arsenal women's in the in the evening at six forty five. You know, in an ideal world, what you'd look at doing, and for anyone at Arsenal listening, if we could do this in future, is play the men's game at two o'clock, the women's game in the Emirates at six forty-five. You know, and 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 make an event, make a day of it, try and maintain the crowd and keep the crowd, and 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 again, that's that's a way of, of growing the women's game. But we're we're very keen to to utilize what we what we hope and what we, I I know we've got good relationships at, at club level with Premier League. We're learning, we're getting to know the people and the clubs in the WSL, and I think. By doing that, we'll only we'll only get better. As I said, it's a learning curve, and we'll only over a period of time then, um, you know, probably be looking at any return on investment. But I think what we're investing in is women's sport. We're investing in, you know, a growing league. Um, and as I said, football's our, our number one sport, and to have the WSL alongside the Premier League sort of completed the set. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm making the dash between the Emirates and Meadow Park on um, on Sunday. Uh, at time of recording, anyway, this will go out after that's happened. But okay. uh, yeah, would would definitely it, it's doable. Put it that way, if you're going to the games. But if not, watch them because they're both on. Um, Gary, really, really grateful for your time. Uh, really, really grateful for your insights. Thanks so much for coming on the show. No problems. Thanks a lot. Cheers. 
just waving at Caroline to go first. Um, You're the boss. You should go first, but I'll interrupt you like that. Feel free to interrupt at any point, Caroline. Um, uh, So my role is the senior producer at Sky Sports, um, and I oversee all of our WSL coverage um, around the live games and also a programme that we produce uh, that goes out on a Thursday evening called Inside the WSL. Um, which is pre- presented um, by Jess Crichton. And then on the Saturday or the Sunday games or both, uh, Caroline and I work together um, along Karen Carney, who I'm sure there'll be a number of people listening who will be slightly familiar with the name Karen Carney. And uh, we, along with um, commentators uh, Jackie Oatley and Seb Hutchinson and Lindsay Hooper, uh, we basically put together, uh, throw it together, the um, live coverage. So I produce, uh, as well as overseeing it, then I produce all the live games from the gallery and um, make sure that we're on track, liaising with the clubs, talking to the match directors on the ground, talking to the clubs on the ground. Um, and my responsibility is to make sure really that that we hit all those editorial points um, and give the sky viewers um, and WSL fans the same treatment, so to speak, um, or the same viewing experience that they would have if they were watching international football, Scottish football, Premier League football or EFL. Caroline, and my wanna... job is, yeah. well, no, it's just to listen to Nia like we both did then, <laughs> Alex, and make sure yeah. I don't muck up by talking over people like I just did to you. So I failed on both fronts. And essentially, that is all I do. All I do. All I do. Talk him. Paint to talk, Alex. To be fair, what? Listen to you? (laughs) Not always. No, I think. I think just to kind of interact with that one. When we were putting the team together, or um, it, it, you know, when you kind of get given a blank canvas because we've never done this before, um, on Sky, and you have to establish a team. I think it was proper and right that we put a presentation team together that have worked across women's football in the uh, being at the forefront of women's football or or just being on the that kind of edge of women's football because they the the opportunities haven't kind of been there so it was really key to get someone like Caroline involved because one because she's a brilliant broadcaster um she's so passionate and knowledgeable about the WSL she knows everyone as well so there's all there's there's a little kind of list of people that Caroline has in in her um in her contacts and and I think to have someone like Caroline I'm going to blow your trumpet now or I'm going to <laughs> please do because when I do it's out of tune I think but I think it it, it was right that we went with a, a, a team of established presenters commentators journalists uh, and and Caroline is very much the kind of the, the front and center and to ha- for me it makes my job a lot easier when you've got someone like Caroline that's there that one puts the guests in the studio at ease but I think often Caroline and I can be in the same little wavelength with regards to what's coming up and um, and when I put the running order together, then I know that I can just say to Caroline, oh, this is what we're going to do. And we're very much as a team and as a unit. Um, so thank you, Caroline, for being part of our presentation team. 
Ah, oh, Nia. Isn't she lovely? She's not normally that lovely in my ear, Alex. No, she is. She is. You're, is <laughs> you're right about the, I think, sometimes worryingly on the same wavelength, even down to our favourite part of the show is what pun shall we put on uh, the little strap lines, the little bit of text that you get when you're going into a, a break at the end of a game. And that's normally our competition to, to find out who can get the best one of those, which the guests are now joining in worryingly as well. I don't know if, uh, if you saw it the weekend when they were trying to get some puns in about Kim Little, a uh, little bit of magic. I think that, that Katie came up with that ended up in there, didn't it? As well, yeah. It's a it's a, little a real goes a long way. We went with in the oh, end. little goes a long, yeah. But I said a little bit of magic out loud because that was better, yeah. and that's what you should have gone with. Obviously, obviously, obviously. And I think there's there is that little bit of joy now in that it's a it's a conversation, Alex, between those brilliant guests that we get in the studio, and how lucky are we to put our feet up, eat food, watch football, and listen to them talk when. Kaz is in, Karen's in, doing her touchscreen magic again when she's engaging with her former teammates, people that clearly love her. And you can see that relationship building whoever it is that walks straight in. And sometimes I think we take for granted that people can just talk out loud the minute that microphone is thrust underneath them or there's a, a red light goes on and actually how nerve wracking that can be. But the way that, that Nia and Karen and the rest of the team, down to those that are working on the cameras in the studio, the floor manager, that they managed to put everyone at ease as well. Hopefully, and that comes across, it is just like having a conversation or listening in on a conversation with brilliantly informed friends. And that's what they are. You get the tactical analysis from them. You get the conversation from them. But you feel that hopefully you're part of the conversation and not sat on the sofa at home wherever you're you're engaging with the show and feeling part of it rather than excluded from a, a conversation that that you don't get. And that hopefully is what comes across from our coverage is that actually you're you're learning stuff, but you're also listening to people who you want to listen to talk about brilliant game of football. Not yeah, I think we can all we can definitely all appreciate that. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. It was Kelly Smith and Kaz Carney. I think were doing their third starting eleven in the WSL, and I was just kind of sat on the couch. Like so I was like talking. I was talking to my television without even realizing. I was like, oh yeah, that, yeah, that's good, that's good. Or maybe I would put it that person. No, instead. Alex, you were talking to us. We were there you go. <laughs> there you go. Should have put a mic and recorded myself then. Uh, so it's th- it's things like that that MNF show that we did with Kelly and Karen that that I think it was right Caroline is that we I don't think anything like that has been done in the women's game before um but we see it not week in week out but we see it on such a regular basis on Sky and MNF is a huge massive Sky Sports Premier League production um you know a Premier League game for Sky so to, to have the ability to do that and have a full hour just to kind of talk with Karen and, and Kelly and to kind of get their thoughts and have them on the touchscreen. And I think there was this magic moment, which I think I always refer to, Caroline knows what's coming, is when Kelly, and I sent to her on a text, when Kelly kind of moved her hips when she was on air. And it's just, you know, I kept thinking, oh my God, it's Kelly Smith here, just, on our show kind of talking about it because 
it was just such a magical moment. And should we clarify if anyone that didn't see it, she was actually <laughs> describing how you should shape. She wasn't like auditioning yeah, no, for Strictly or something. Wasn't, she wasn't yeah, dancing. Exactly. She wasn't <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, she was, but. She was talking about, exactly. She was talking about that kind of positioning side of it. And, 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 and one of the producer or one of the assistant producers in the gallery, we were talking um, when Karen went on and um, was explaining about the throw-ins. And one of the assistant producers who regularly works on, on Monday Night Football and the Premier League side of it said, oh, this, this is classic MNF. This is class. This is what we do on MNF. This is classic. And I was like, oh, great. That's, that's brilliant. Is this great? Look, look, at what, look at what we're doing. And I think to be able to kind of not only showcase women's football to so many WSL fans who now have the opportunity to watch us, it's also reaching out to a different football audience. So your traditional male audience who may have, an, you know, who's clearly got an interest in, in Premier League football, but to be able to kind of integrate that and bring that into it. I kind of described it earlier with a commentator that when I've kind of come come on and we've got our team of, of um, senior producers and producers that are there looking at, you know, working for Sky across Soccer Saturday or Soccer um, uh, MNF or Premier League or, and I've just kind of squidged myself in nicely and asked them to bunch up on the sofa and just kind of, I feel like we've just slotted in around that kind of footballing presentation and package that Sky offer quite effortlessly. You know, there was the massive fanfare when we first, and I don't think Caroline or I slept on that, that first Friday or, or that first Sunday because it was just felt like such a massive moment. But now I think it's just, yeah, well, it's just what we do. It's just, it's the same. It doesn't mm. feel any different. And, you know, we don't want to kind of go out with a massive fanfare. I think I said, I'm not sure if I said it to you, Caroline, or, or whether I said it to my neighbour, Joe, that we didn't want that opening weekend to feel like a final, like of a, t- of a championship, of a tournament. Did you just say you said that to your neighbour, Joe? Yeah, oh, I heard because, that too. <laughs> yeah, because I don't know if I told you, but after that first... I haven't met Joe yet. No, you haven't met Joe. No, by the way, time... Alex, welcome to our conversations that we have every day. So I love this. I hope do tell us to this. shut up because it, otherwise it will just go on. Sorry, you're talking to your neighbour, Joe. <laughs> but, but after When we did that first show, I sat outside the car in the car for about 20 minutes. And, my, and then my neighbour, Joe just tapped on the window and just said, what are you doing? Because she was putting the bottles out and all our friends were at hers. Um, so she just went, come on, just, and we opened a bottle of bottle of, of champagne, I think. And she was like, you can't just go to bed. You've just got to roll with it. And probably why I didn't sleep that well. Um, but it did feel like it was a massive moment but ultimately, I think we both, Caroline and myself and Gary and the team included, just wanted us to kind of settle down very quickly and become part of that Sky football catalogue. Yeah, but there's a difference between us both, Alex. She's on the champagne and I'm on the WKD blue or something with a straw. Oh, God. But it was pretty Let's much Let's not bring like those up. <laughs> bring them up is exactly what you do when you have yeah. a WKD blue. Yeah, that is very true. Um, but Caroline, a question for you. Obviously, you've been involved in women's football for a very, very long time. And as Nia mentioned there, this was a big moment um, in women's football. Not, yeah, not because it is a final or just because it's it's something we've never seen before. Any women's football fan will, will probably agree to that. Uh, but how different was it for you working on this specifically compared to everything that you've worked on before? Lucky in that I've been at Sky for a little while as well. So I'd experienced the 
the sky treatment with the EFL and working on international football. So I'd seen what Sky is like as an entity, which was very different from how I used to work at, at the BBC in so much as you walk in and it's like, gosh, walk straight through the, the, the doors and there's huge pictures either side. By the way, if you get the chance to come to, to Sky Sports, when you walk through on the left, you've got the Premier League champions as in Manchester City. And on the right, you've got Chelsea the WSL champions. So it's very much side by side and that's what you get. So actually going into WSL, I'd worked with Nia before over at um, Premier League Productions. So I knew how Nia worked and, and we've known each other for a very long time. So that didn't feel any different. And actually the greatest thing about what we've been able to do is it didn't feel different. It didn't feel different from what we were doing when I've been on a Premier League game, when I've been working on the championship, when I've worked on an international game, the number of cameras, Nick can get down to the specifics of that, but the treatment felt exactly the same, even down to the fact we have the same desk set up as the Premier League. It's just a, a slightly different reconfiguration. So I've got my big knees behind it in the same way that Kelly Cates gets her knees behind those desks as well. So it's, it's that level of treatment is exactly the same. So as much as we're all a bit giddy, because we were, same with Monday Night Football when we did it, of course, we're thinking huge moments for the women's game. And I've been fortunate enough, Alex, to, to go to FA Cups, to World Cups, to the Euros and focus on women's football. But I've been out in Canada for Five Live and the BBC at the World Cup when you're watching it back here and it's midnight and however many million were watching it and watching that build. But I've been on my own out there and had Kelly Simmons from the FA having to bring guests into me because I didn't have a producer and been in that environment where there were very few journalists working on the women's game. Right to BBC London when Charlton's men's team got relegated from the Premier League and we did a three-hour show about what was going to happen to the women's and girls setup, and having callers phone in then and, and parents and players absolutely distraught. And having seen all levels of the game, well done on Charlton coming back up and through fingers crossed, we'll see them back in the WSL sometime soon. But having worked on all levels of the game and then to be sat down actually part of something I sat at home and watched and watched the Premier League or I'd watch Monday Night Football and to think, thank goodness, now the women's fo now women's football is getting what it deserves and that's equality and that's all we can ask for. And now it's down to us. We knew the great content was there and content is absolutely queen of everything, right? As long as you get stuff that people want to watch, regardless of what sport it is. I do netball for Sky um, I've done multi-sport across all different sports for different broadcasters, regardless of what the sport is. If you can create and put that content at the front and center, people will watch it and people will enjoy it. And Alex, we sat and we've watched games maybe with a few hundred people there and known that what we're watching is entertaining. We're enjoying it. We know the players, we know the managers, we know the characters, we know they've got good stories to tell, but it's actually being able to say, you know what everyone else this is what you're missing out on. This is the hot ticket in town and now you can be part of it. And that was the real pleasure for all of us is to be able to say, this is what you've been missing out on. Now sit back and enjoy it, which hopefully, fingers crossed, is what we've been able to do. And right on the season where Arsenal are doing really, really well. So not yeah. too bad. Good timing. Oh, but have you seen, hopefully you've noticed that um, we've been a ridiculously poor journalists and keep asking all the time, 
are they going to go invincible and trying to stir it up to get headline Alex? Which I don't is, think just, I don't what, think anyone wants to jinx that just yet. I think it's yeah. Well, it's, we've it's, done it's that. Very, it's a typical we'll take it game by game. I think yeah. that's, that's the answer for now, and that's the answer they're giving. Right? Yeah. They know how to play the game. They know Obviously. how to play the game. They can't. They can't get too ahead of themselves just yet because it is Arsenal at the end of the day. <laughs> you said that, not me. <laughs> yeah, I think Tim would have said it too, so it's fine. Yeah, too right. <laughs> Nia, you, you you mentioned there how kind of smooth the transition has been in terms of just putting it's women's football is just another section of, of Sky Sports and it's not really any different. But has there been anything that's been complicated or hard that maybe you didn't expect it to be? Uh, not the only thing I would say is that. Um, when you are uh, covering a Premier League game or um, uh, a European game or a Scottish game or um, EFL, that the infrastructure is there in 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 place. Um, so as we know, and has been well discussed at the start of the season, which we made a very conscious decision to move away from because um, the you know when you kind of talk about goal line technology or or, or VAR. Yes, that money could be put towards it, but we're not there right now. And um, there, that that funding could go towards grassroots football. There's much more um, work that needs to be done before we kind of go into um, that VAR discussion. And I think that's met across the entire game. But when you kind of talk about one of the reasons why VAR just wouldn't work is because of ground sharing. So the difficulties that we've had is be- is one about um, where the fixtures can be and the, what TV picks that we can get. Again, because of that ground sharing, um, you know, from Arsenal's point of view, sharing with Boreham Wood, you know, when there was Boreham Wood in the FA Cup, for example, you know, we can't it, we can't just rock up and expect, right, we're going we're gonna to televise a game of football here. So it's the infrastructure, it's the bit like the cables that kind of need to go and the scaffolding for the, for the gantry that needs to go in and the camera positions. Um, it's those little bits that I that the, the that I think we've all had challenges with, um, but again, you know, there's a massive amount of team that and, and effort that goes on behind the scenes, even before we roll those titles, you know, to, in order to kind of get us to the point that we're there. So a massive credit has to go to to that production team that put those infrastructure in place and working with the FA and going on site visits and meeting up with a team from Boreham Wood and Arsenal and Chelsea or um, Manchester United. Uh, um, and even with clubs such as Chelsea and, and Manchester City, who've got their own ground, essentially, it, it's a huge step up, really, I think, with regards to resources and, and ensuring that it's not just one camera. You know, we've got multiple cameras and positionings and um, to, to really enhance what viewers are seeing at home. Um, and again, we keep harping on about that sky treatment, but it's true. You know, we don't want to belittle any product. So it's the same number of cameras that we've got at our WSL games that we would have on an EFL game. Um, I think that we could massively uh, it, bring on... Um, a steady cam, for example, especially when it kind of comes to Arsenal, because at this point now, we need to, I know nobody at Arsenal wants to talk about it, but we need to start thinking about telling the story of the season. So when we look back at it to make sure that we have got the right quality of, of, of um, 
content that we that will allow us to kind of tell the story so that we're not over reliant on um tv pictures or if arsenal's on the fa player which i don't think arsenal are to be honest with you, just because it, they'll either be picked by us or or picked by the by the bbc um but things like broadcast days that we had really early on before we even kicked a ball this season we went out uh there was a lovely when we went um i'm gonna say that club that is also in north london uh when we don't talk we about that there, here <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, when we went there, the players were so... Ast- and I think we had a, so much response from players because they just said, oh, we really like uh, to- um, we really like Sky when, you know, we have the player lineup and we've got all our pictures, you know, all the pictures there and you see the, 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 the men when they all line up and they're different images. And I said, oh, that's what that section's over there for you. And they're like, is that for us? And I was like, yeah, it's all for you. This is all for you. So I think it's things like that. And, and you kind of see more and more, you know, and if we can do that, then other broadcasters can do that. You know, I, you know it's, it's no surprise that I've kind of seen, um, you know, for the Champions League. That, that's, so if we can kind of start, get that ball rolling so it normalises our coverage, then it just means it, when it gets players ready so that they kind of know, right, okay, well, we're being treated as the same way as, the, as our male teammates. We're having the same treatment. We get the same media day. No one really likes those media days, but... And when you do one every single year, then you've got to do for Champions League and, and then players that are on international duty. But it, it just puts them front and centre. So I think the challenges that we have faced have been far outweighed by the response that we've had, not only from people watching at home that may not necessarily watch um, women's football, but that core cool legion of, of WSL fans, but also from the players themselves saying, oh, yeah, we watched we watched the game. Yeah. We've watched your coverage. We think it's great. A couple of weeks back, we had Viv and Lisa in uh, to talk about common goal. And it meant that I could take, you can take them into the studio, but I took them into, into our gallery. And, you know, you walk into a gallery and you just see this mass amount of TVs and buttons and people kind of sat there and they were both a bit, you know, wow. Um, but, you got to yeah. tell you got to tell Alex about um, how brilliant Lisa was on the touch oh, screen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a complete natural, a natural, as natural as Viv is with that three hundred and sixty camera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, and it was so. It was actually somebody tweeted. I saw on, on Twitter last night somebody saying, "Oh my gosh, I bet I bet Lisa's the one that's that's the the one that kind of looks after the technology at home." But just going back to before I kind of get onto their touchscreen moment, which we will release, which is brilliant, is is they you know when you've got people like Lisa Evans and Viv Miedema saying, "Oh yeah, we watched at home," you kind of think, "Oh my gosh," you know, they watch, they care, and it's important for us to kind of say, "Well, are you, are you happy with it?" I was, you know, did you like what you saw? And they were they were, just, "Oh my god, it's so much better." And I think players kind of coming out and say that they. You know, they can say to their parents or their brothers or sisters or friends, oh, yeah, I'm on Sky at 6.30 on Sunday or 11.30 on um, Saturday or this this Sunday will be on air at uh, 11.30 for a 12.30 kickoff with Everton against Manchester United. Very quickly followed then at 3 o'clock kickoff for Manchester City versus Chelsea, if anybody wants to to, to watch. Um 
but with Viv and Lisa, when they came in and we put them on the touch screen and the, it was the most, Lisa was just amazing. And, and so we got her to analyze Viv's goals and, and she, they kept, they kept saying, oh, we need one of these at home. We need one. Of, we need to get one of these at home. I you know, to kind of have a play around it. That would be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but it, that must be, feel weird when you're, partner is basically analyzing your goals she Did took you, it though yeah. didn't oh, she she, she took yeah. it yeah she was, she was uh, well yeah in that situation yeah <laughs> if that <laughs> happened at my house there would there would not be there would be a separate house by the end of the night 100 <laughs> percent. it's just things like that you can kind of give players that opportunity i think to to kind of come in we know that you know alex at manchester City when she kind of is in a telegraph column that she really likes watching the touchscreen and the analytical side of it and I think for Caroline and I who who both of us have been involved in in men's football and, and, and coverage of that it's almost normal to us but you forget just how not normal it is for for our players in the league. I say that but I remember being at a um one ground that will remain nameless with one club and having to stretch across holding two cables together to try and get us on air at a a WSL game things things have advanced so rapidly and I hope it's I think it's paying off I think it's paying off but just to hear that the players talk about it and also be so accessible but wanting to get involved every time that we get a guest come in they want to do the touchscreen next so it's it's who we have on the touchscreen next but you're right we've, we've discussed at home with Lisa and Viv and whether we can go to them at half time during random games and get them to analyze it I mean I think that's the way forward that would be great content honestly just like pan out into Viv and Lisa's flat and then just have them analyze whatever's on like a little goggle box or just have Lisa yeah. do it for, for a live Arsenal game if she doesn't have a game <laughs> to be like yeah Viv messed the shot up take her off please well, Lisa said she was quite happy Lisa said to me she was quite happy to come come in and I said that Viv could sit in the gallery with a cup of tea and I think she's more inclined to do that one so That's she does on love brand. a cup of tea she does love a cup of tea that would probably be more on brand <laughs> that's, that's point in case of, of near pushing things in so much as she wants us to to keep doing more and talks about the steady cam and and I think that's what's really exciting is that we're nowhere near at capacity yet of what what we want to achieve with the WSL and Nia will keep keep pushing it. Just put a three sixty camera in the gallery and you'll be set. <laughs> no one wants that, to see that. that. <laughs> on Twitter yesterday, oh my god, I was yeah, it's great. Aiden knows that's quality content. But last question, Caroline, for you, what, from your perspective, maybe personal or, or not, what has been your reception of everything that you've done? And, and obviously we've talked about the players and in general, but any experiences that you've had personally um, in regards to, to what you've done so far? I do try and stay off social media, but we've had some lovely messages personally from, from those that have been connected in the game that we've shared many a long train journey with or, or four different planes to get to go and watch games and when, when they were never quite as direct when it was in Europe or watching internationals. So from jo- journalists that have been involved in the game incredibly long time, uh, those that are parents of, of players too. And that's been, for me, the real, the real highlight is actually just hearing from people, your peers that you respect so much that 
have long written about uh, the likes of Tony Layton that have been involved in the game from day dot. And then hopefully using those brilliant people as well and to bring on board and for others to hear those pundits, those guests that, that we all know are wonderful. These incredibly intelligent women getting to talk about football and, and taking them to a wider audience. So for me, that's been, that's been the highlight for the rest of the, of the world hopefully because it is getting broadcast everywhere else to to see these these wonderful women in action and the platform we give them so those those individual messages that that we've both had i know nia's had some too um away from social media as much as the conversation continues on those different platforms it's brilliant to have those engage with us um clearly but to have those personal messages from people that that have loved the game just to say thank you for what sky have, have done that's that's at times been incredibly touching to to hear those. So that for me I think, the highlight. Yeah, I think I could speak for for probably all of, if not most, of the Ars blog listeners to say thank you, yeah, for everything you guys have done. Um I definitely have enjoyed it a lot. I personally I love having the highlights on the the next morning, on the Monday morning, being able to rewatch everything. At least I was on Sky. Um that's been huge. Uh, don't have to find like 11 minute long highlight videos that have really sketchy um, blurry images but that's been great and yeah I just want to say thank you for both of you for for coming on this podcast and talking about everything um I think listeners would definitely enjoy the insight and yeah thank you again thank you and I, I do try to mention ask blog as much as possible but every time I go to say ask blog on telly or on radio it does make me feel a little bit naughty. yeah a lot of people uh, struggle with it it's fine <laughs> It's all right. I just do it proudly and loudly. There you go. So, if, you, uh, if you say it with confidence and you just keep yeah. scoring, then people won't notice. Well, fart was a swear word in my house. So um, I struggle with it. <laughs> anything fruitier than that, actually, Alex. Just say blog really, really quickly yeah. and then you can get away with it. Always. Yeah, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And that's all we have time for for this episode of the Arsenal Women Askcast on askblog.com. We hope you found that episode as interesting as we did in terms of putting it together. I have to be honest, it's one of those concepts that we had and we weren't sure whether we'd be able to pull it off. So again, just to express our gratitude to Neil Wynn Thomas and Alexandra Horton uh, for really helping to push to make this happen, as well as to our, our other guests, Gary Hughes and, and the brilliant Caroline Barker, who presents um, all of Sky's or most of Sky's WSL coverage. Um, we, we hope you found that really interesting. We will be back with another episode, um, probably in the build-up to the cup final. We've got something um, a little bit special ahead of the game against Barcelona as well. So I will have um, in an interview with Jordan Nobbs on the site, and that will be coming out over the women's international break. Um, but we also had the uh, pleasure of speaking to Lotta Wubben Moy at the Emirates as well. And we'll drop that as part of the podcast that will probably come out in early December or so ahead of that massive week that sees Arsenal play Chelsea at Wembley in the FA Cup final on December 5th, followed by the small matter of Arsenal versus Barcelona at Emirates Stadium on Thursday, the 9th of December. Tickets are still available for both of those games. It's a huge week for Arsenal women. Both of those games being played in huge stadiums. Everyone that wants tickets can get them. They're very affordable. Go get them. But until next time, thanks very much from myself, from Alex Ibaceta, um, and we hope to speak to you very, very soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.